Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to our pursuit of the Bible. Amen. Um, tonight, we'll just begin by enjoying a hymn together. We'll sing hymn 554. Then we can just sing and enjoy. Enjoy the riches in the Lord, even through our singing. Amen. Afresh, ere the night has passed into morning, and his face I see as it shines on me. The Lord within is dawning, and he speaks to me and reveals to me all his riches for me today. Sweet delight, I partake of Him. My hunger has passed away. The Spirit, He speaks through the Word till my heart in echo is singing and the And he saturates and supplies my soul with all his precious essence. And he speaks to me and reveals to me all his riches for me today. And in every way I partake of him. My Jesus, I come to your presence afresh. In tenderness, he deals with me while I stay with joy in his presence, and he saturates and supplies my soul with all his precious essence. Amen. Amen. And he speaks to me. Amen. Amen. All Amen. his riches for me today. Amen. Amen. And Amen. in every way I partake of him. 
My problems all passed away. Amen. Yes, may all our problems pass away tonight. Amen. Amen. Lord, speak to us again. Amen. 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 Oh, Lord. Amen. 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 Anoint Amen. us out here so we can hear you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All is for me today. Amen. I drink of him for Amen. my every need. My thirsty has passed away. Yes, Amen. Amen. Yes, we are the fountain of life with grace and power within our souls. Amen. Amen. Oh, spring up tonight. Amen. Amen. As the Spirit, He speaks through the Word. Amen. Oh, speak to us through your Word tonight. Amen. 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 saints because it shows us what the lord is to us it also shows us how he transmits himself as all these riches thank you lord you know the the three important words and he speaks (laughs) that's what's that's how the lord transmits himself Mm. to us is he speaks to us So um, how about we sing this again and we just enjoy it and allow the Lord to speak to us from within. Amen. Amen. I come to his presence afresh Ere the night has passed into morning and his face I see as it shines on me. The Lord within is dawning. And he speaks to me and reveals to me all his riches for me today. And with sweet delight I partake of him. My hunger Passed away. The Spirit, He speaks through the Word, 
of you. Amen. Lord, Amen. Our problems all passed Amen. away. Satisfy our hunger and Amen. quench our thirst. Amen. Yes. Amen. With these problems tonight. Amen. 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 No more Amen. hunger. No more thirsty. Amen. No more problems. All passed away. Amen. 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 Passed away. Hallelujah. <laughs> so Hallelujah. Um, we can come to our, our, our verses tonight. Um. So we'll just cover three verses tonight. Uh, okay. We'll start with chapter two, but maybe uh, for the sake of context, I think we can read up to verse eight. Um, uh, so in our groups, uh, it in, you can break us up for five minutes and then we just read through the first five verses of chapter two and then afterwards, uh, maybe even just make it four minutes, Etienne, and then we can just have a little prayer over some of these verses, some of these words right. that are um, in these verses. So we can just begin to digest it a little bit through our prayer. Amen. Okay, so um, I think we're all back in the main room now. And uh, tonight we're going to uh, begin with this section on the growth in life and its results. And um, so before we get into this, I'm really enjoying getting into Peter's writing with you, brothers and sisters, because there's really so much riches in it. I really feel like I've never um, seen Peter's writing like this before and appreciated his writing, but I feel this way of getting into it is really helping us to appreciate this portion in the word mm -hmm. and begin to even love it in 
first Peter chapter one, this whole section is actually this whole chapter is a complete section. And in this section, what we see is we see the 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 salvation of God and then how this issues in life and peace. In verse four, I believe. Uh sorry, not verse four. Verse two, it says the last little phrase says grace to you and peace be multiplied mm -hmm. so as we enjoy the salvation of the triune god eventually the result is the issue is that we enjoy him as our grace Francis, this is the the triune god to man is he has grace to man to be enjoyed by man and eventually it results in peace wow the whole world is looking for peace right but we find it by the salvation of the triune God. That is how we can participate, partake of, and enjoy mm -hmm. peace, mm -hmm. is by God's full salvation. And so we saw in chapter 1 that God's full salvation is through the Father's choosing and regenerating of us. Mm -hmm. In verse 2, it says that chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. And then... In uh, verse 3, it speaks about he, him having regenerated us unto mm -hmm. a living hope. So, brothers and sisters, we have the divine life uh, through our Father's choosing of us. Mm -hmm. He set us apart for himself. He chose us even before the financial. Oh, I enjoyed that so much mm -hmm. last week, seeing how God chose us mm -hmm. even before the foundation of the world. He set us apart for himself. And then, and then in verse 2, it continues with the spirit sanctification. How the spirit began to set us apart in time. In time, the spirit came and he worked in our environment like that woman who was sweeping for that lost coin. <laughs> we were that coin that, that didn't want to be found maybe, but the spirit kept sweeping. And eventually, we were, we were set apart. And we could then be led to the obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Christ. Christ's redemption then brought us back to the Father. So this is the triune God's full salvation. And what is this uh, issue in it? Issues in a holy life. In a life that before this, before the triune God came to save us, brothers and sisters, what were we living for? We were just living for ourselves. We were living for the world. Our, our entire being was just in the world and for the world. In Ephesians 2, Paul says uh, that we were without God, uh, that at that time we were apart from Christ. This is Ephesians 2 verse 12. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of the promise, mm -hmm. having no hope and without God in the world. Okay, this is our situation. No God, no hope, and we're in the world, okay? Not, wow, praise the Lord. After the salvation of the triune God, what happens? Oh, we are, uh, we are being set apart to live a holy life, to live a life that eventually begins to express God. So we live a holy life, and not only do we live a holy life, but we also live a life in unfeigned love, uh, where is that word again? Um, here in verse 22. Since you have purified your souls by the obedience to the truth, 
unto unfeigned brotherly love. Love one another. Okay, so, so toward God, we begin to live a holy life. We begin to live a life that is set apart for God, that expresses God. Mm. Wow, what a wonderful salvation. And then toward our fellow believers, we begin to love them. Even we begin to love those whom maybe before salvation we had no heart for, maybe we didn't have a heart for anyone but ourselves, but we begin to love in an unfeigned love. Praise the Lord. We have such a, a wonderful salvation that eventually expresses God and toward one another, we just love one another. So this is this is how Peter starts. And this, so this chapter one is is this full salvation of the triune God, the full salvation of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the Father's regeneration, the Son's redemption, the Spirit's sanctification. And then this brings us to the point where we begin to live a holy life, a life set apart for God, and loving our fellow believers, loving the brothers. Okay, and then in verse 2, in chapter 2, he now begins to speak about growth in life. Okay. But in verse 1, he says, therefore, so everything that we'll cover is based on the salvation of God. This that we're getting into tonight is based upon the fact that the triune God is working out a full salvation for man in order that man would eventually begin to express him and love one another, living a genuine, proper church life. Oh, don't we want such a church life? A church life where we where we live a holy life, where we live a life not holy in the sense of being strange or we want to, you know, Lord, take us away like we, all the believers go and live somewhere else, begin their own like kind of community. No, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. In the midst of our environment, we just begin to express the Father. We just begin to express this triune God who's saving us to live such a holy life, and then toward one another, we find ourselves just loving the saints, loving the brothers. Okay, so he says, therefore, putting away all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envyings and evil speaking. So he mentions five negative things in this verse. That's very interesting. I think it's very good, brothers and sisters. We need to really consider Peter's writings. It is quite something, isn't it? The, the, this, 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 dear brother, kind of so simple, right? But, but yet so profound. These five words that he chooses. How does he come up with them? Wait, why, why, why didn't he put other other sinful matters? But he specifically chooses these five words. So it would be very good, even maybe after tonight, maybe during the day, you were considering. I've read through Peter several times, but I've never considered these words like I have done, done you know, in preparing. How, why does he put malice there? So malice is the root of, of, these, of these five words. And eventually, it gets expressed in evil speakings. Malice, I had to look up the word. I didn't know what the word meant. Maybe I had some idea, but anyway, the word malice means to have a, a harmful intention, mm. to have a, an intention to cause harm, okay? This malice 
eventually then it has these progressive steps okay guile guile is an issue out of the malice out of that there's the issue of hypocrisy envyings and eventually these these four things are kind of inward right guile is is the way in which you conduct yourself or 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 hypocrisy it's to it's to i think it's to put on a mask or something i think that's what the greek word actually means it's to it's to have a it's like what actors would use they would have like a a, a mask that they would hold before them to portray a certain uh, person or to live out a certain character mm-hmm. so we live this kind of you know we have this kind of expression but it's actually not real there's no reality in it it's, it's hypocrisy and the lord actually points this out in the pharisees after um them questioning him in matthew about you know by what authority does he do these things who gives him the right and they question him about the law they question him about the resurrection they question him about uh uh money all kinds of things right and then he says to his disciples and then he actually questions them right he says to them okay now you tell me who is the christ whose son is he and then after they consult tell him then okay then it quiets them but then he says to, to his disciples beware of their hypocrisy they 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 portraying something but it's not real okay they want to, to have a show they make their robes longer they uh they extend the fringes of their robes oh let me show them this they for a pretense they pray long prayers okay it's all outward but no reality okay and then envyings it's something in in inward right if i you, you might even know that i envy you or that i there's some kind of jealousy within me but eventually when these things <laughs> they're in us right mm-hmm. and then eventually what happens is when they get expressed it gets expressed as evil speakings mm-hmm. okay so these these things are are really um as a result of this intention to cause harm mm-hmm. now uh i was considering for instance guile eventually okay let's go on okay so then he says put those things away okay you need to put those things away those things are are related to our old man our unregenerated man our unregenerated person that is actually uh a part of who we are okay that's that's this these five words or as a result of the life that we received and inherited through our lineage of adam okay we received our natural life from our parents and with that life unfortunately also the satanic life okay so eventually then he says okay as newborn babes long for the guileless milk of the word okay so he's saying you need to put those things away as newborn babes long okay so so these things actually these negative things actually causes us it distracts us it hinders us 
from longing for the word, the guileless milk of the word. This, this guileless milk, some translations would use something like sincere or pure, which it includes. It includes that thought. I was thinking of 2 Corinthians 11. In the section, Paul is talking to the believers in Corinth and he's telling them in verse uh, 2 Corinthians 11, I'll just read a few verses. Uh, verse 2, for I am jealous over you with a jealousy of God. For I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. So this word, uh, guile, here in, 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 in 1 Peter 2, 2, has the sense of purity, okay? Guile, bliss, is without any... Guile means to uh, be sneaky, okay? It's to be crafty, okay? Now, now let's l listen to this. It's quite something, okay? So, so guileless is in contrast to guile, okay? So there's... That we need to put away malice, guile, this, this intention to cause harm, which eventually results in guile, uh, a kind of a sneaky, almost like an underhanded way. There's something, yes, it's presented in a very good way, but there's something, there's another intention. It's not pure in its intention. Okay, so there's guile. Uh, there's guile in verse 1, and this is in contrast to guileless in verse 2. Okay, so in, in, in 2 Corinthians 11, Paul is saying, I betrothed you to one husband to present you a pure virgin. Okay, so pure also similar to guile. But I fear as somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. Okay, there's that guile. Okay, the craftiness. Your thoughts would be corrupted from the simplicity and the purity toward Christ. Mm. So the Lord wants us to be simple and pure. Mm. But the enemy, he comes to us in a very subtle way, in a very crafty way. Mm. The craftiness of the serpent, the, the, the enemy, brothers and sisters, if the enemy would come to us, sometimes, I don't know, you know, there's like a picture or, or maybe something of evil, our first thought is this intense darkness, mm -hmm. this, this evil like uh, force, okay? Yes, the Satan is evil. Yes, the enemy wants to cause us harm, okay? That's malice. He has malice within him. Mm -hmm. even, even the Lord, what did he say about Satan? I think it's in John. He says, uh, he has come, to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay, that's his intention. That's malice. Okay, that's his intention is always to cause harm. He wants to steal. He wants to eventually, even the enemy, eventually, his weapon is death. Okay, death is the ultimate, it's the final, finally, death will be cast into the lake of fire. Okay, that's the final enemy. So that what the enemy does is, is bring these things in, but in a crafty way, mm. in a way of he has malice, but it, with guile. Mm. He takes the sneaky way. In later on, 
in, in chapter 11, uh, Paul talks about this. He says, um, uh, okay, then he talks about the false apostles in verse 13. For such ones are false apostles, deceitful workers, transfiguring themselves into apostles of Christ. So they don't come like and tell you, hey, listen, uh, Satan has sent me to you to distract you from Christ. Mm -hmm. No, the enemy uses man. Okay, he's the one really behind this, okay? But he uses these false apostles in a way of guile, in a crafty. Remember, he had deceived Eve by his craftiness, okay? So they come transfiguring themselves into apostles of Christ. Verse 14, and no wonder, for Satan himself transfigures himself into an angel of light. If Satan were to come to us and there's this evil, like dark force, we'll be like, hey, that's Satan. I, I'm not going to listen to him. I'm not going to pay attention to him. I'm going to run away. I'm going to run to the brothers and the sisters. I'm going to tell them, hey, we need to, you need to pray with me and stand with me. I need the protection of God because there's something here. Mm. But when he comes transfiguring himself as an angel of light, oh, brothers and sisters, <laughs> this is the, the, the subtlety of the enemy. He wants to distract us from the guileless milk of the word. The milk, the word, has no guile. Wow. We need to desire the milk in the word. We need to desire the nourishment in the word. Okay? So, um, this guile in verse 1 is in contrast to the guileless milk. So, we need to put that away. Sometimes what happens is, I was I was saying okay so so this this expression of malice it's something that that is within the life okay we we don't have maybe the 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 harmful intention I think Peter he he writes these things it's 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 very hard to actually understand these verses if we don't have the experience mm -hmm. but I do believe if you consider your experience a little bit you will realize your experience matches that of Peter's. He, in Matthew 16, the Lord asked him, okay, who do, who do men say that I am? Then eventually I asked him, okay, who do you say that I am? Then Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Okay. Then the Lord says to him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. Okay. Then the Lord reveals to them that he has to be crucified. Directly after that, then what does Peter say? By no means, Lord. The shop by no means. He rebukes the Lord. He says to him, but Peter, taking his side, rebukes him. And he says to him, Lord, this shall by no means happen to you. Mm. Then what the Lord, what does the Lord say? The Lord turns around and says to him, get behind me, Satan. Okay. Transfiguring himself into an angel of light. Mm. Seemingly, this is a good word. Lord, Lord, I care for, I love you. How mm. can you be crucified? How can you die? Mm. Peter. I recognize there's malice in that. There's intention to harm. Seemingly a good word. Not, 
That is an evil speak. Brothers and sisters. Wow. I wouldn't say that's an evil speaking, right? Never, you know, even, even way less call Peter Satan. But what about my speaking? Oh, Lord Jesus. Having a good intention. Sometimes we care for one another with a good intention. But not according to the guileless milk of the word. Oh, brothers and sisters, we need the word. We need this guileless milk of the word. Actually, it's the guileless milk of the word that's the antibiotics. Within this milk, within the word, there's the, there's the antidote to all our malice. All our malice will be dealt with, with this word. Okay, so sometimes we have some feelings toward a brother or sister. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's really malicious. But sometimes it's even with a good intention. But eventually, we need to recognize that if these things are in us, if we're living by our natural man, even I can, I, I tell you, brothers and sisters, when we're living by our natural man, we have no heart for the godless milk of the word. The natural man does not appreciate God's word. He doesn't love it. He doesn't want to come to it. He doesn't want to enjoy it. He wants to, you would rather put aside the word. But when we recognize, Lord, this malice within me, and we come back to the Lord and we just say, Lord, I just repent. Lord, I repent and I'll return. I want to come back. Lord, Lord, I want to, to come to this Lord. Lord, my speaking. Oh, maybe the Lord shines on us. Brother, the way you spoke to your wife today. Maybe you said the right words. Maybe you said the things that are correct. But. That was from the self. That was not my speaking. So when the Lord shines on us and we realize, oh Lord, my speaking to my spouse, my speaking to my wife, mm -hmm. Lord, my speaking to my husband, my speaking to my children, even maybe not even my speaking, maybe it's just my attitude. Maybe it's just this, maybe I just lived this hip hypocritical life. I just put on a mask. I wasn't real with them. I wasn't honest. When we turn and we repent, the Lord's blood washes us. And then what happens? Don't you find that spontaneously there's a longing within you? Mm. Longing for the word, the milk in the word. Longing for the guileless milk in the word. Mm. Oh, brothers and sisters, when we put away, put away all malice. I almost want to go so far as to say, turn to your spirit, okay? In your soul, in your natural man, what do you have? Only sin and death, okay? The life within eventually expresses what that life is. You don't have to tell an apple tree to not bear apples, to, to not bear uh, bananas. That apple tree will never bear bananas. It cannot. It cannot bear any fruit other than the life that is within that tree. The life that is within us will have an expression. Okay, so, so with the sinful life, we have received the satanic life. From our parents, we've inherited every single man on this earth has inherited this life. 
and everyone will die eventually. This life eventually will issue in evil speakings, in a, an expression of the evil life that is within. When we turn away from that life and the Lord's blood cleanses us and we turn back to the Lord, we'll have a hunger and a thirst for the word. This, brothers and sisters, I'm sure matches your experience. When we put those things aside, then there's something within us. Lord, I, I still love you. Lord, I repent of the things that I spoke to that brother. Lord, I long. Then there's a longing within. Lord, the word. This word with no guile. No intention other than to feed. Okay, so the milk of the word, what does it do? That by it you may grow. Brothers and sisters, in chapter 1, we were regenerated. We received the divine life. Okay, now what needs to happen? You need to grow. Okay, this life, this growth is a matter of life and in life. Okay, we don't grow apart from life. Growth is not knowledge, brothers and sisters. I hope this impresses us. Growth is not a matter of knowledge. Maybe someone gets saved. A young believer, they get saved, they get baptized, and then some people might encourage them, hey, brother or sister, why don't you go attend a, a, a Bible college? Or you go and get some, uh, you go do a Bible study. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, save us. We wouldn't just study the Bible. We didn't, wouldn't just get knowledge. We want to grow in life, okay? Someone like that, maybe after a long time in their human life, they think, oh, well, now I have all this knowledge of the Bible. I know all the verses. I know all these things. But maybe they've never grown. Brothers and sisters, in, in, my, in my Christian life, I tell you, for a long time in my life, the things of life was not emphasized related to my relationship with the Lord, related to my going on with the Lord. Many teachings, many, uh, you know, I don't know, doctrines, much, you know, I, Everybody's speaking from the Bible. But the guileless milk of the word, the word that you may grow, the word for word there uh, in, in Greek, maybe Hector can help us a little bit, but I believe it's the word logos, which means uh, something intelligible, something that's rational. Okay, that means that this milk, this word, is not for our body. Okay, of course, milk, when an infant gets born, they need to get milk. Okay, they need to have the guileless milk, okay, from the from maybe the, the, the mother, mm -hmm. so that they may grow. Okay, there's something that nourishes their body. Okay, this doesn't nourish our body. It's for our, our inner being, for our mind. To renew our mind, 
to put God's thought into our minds. To nourish us, to nourish your inner being. Brothers and sisters, like that hymn that we sang. Oh, Lord, and he speaks to me. Mm. Oh, I enjoyed that, that, one, that one line. And all my problems just pass away. Oh, Lord, I need the word. I need your speaking for all my problems, mm. all these things. So when we're together, our being together tonight, brothers and sisters, it is not just a matter of knowledge. Mm -hmm. We need to have a clear discernment. Knowledge is not the same as growth. Mm -hmm. Growth has to do with life. It is something in life and of life. Mm -hmm. An infant, you can give it many teachings, but if it doesn't drink some milk, it is going to die. In fact, for a large part, for a long time in a person's life, mm -hmm. teachings will benefit them absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. And even for the rest of your human life, you need to be nourished. Mm -hmm. Okay. You need to you need to have some nutrients in order just to live. Okay. Even if you've grown to become a full-grown man. Okay. The, the reason why you are a full-grown man is because something was put into you, some nutrients got into you, mm -hmm. and it began to build up your body. Mm -hmm. Somehow you began to grow unto maturity. Somehow you began to, uh, eventually you become a product mm -hmm. of all that you have eaten. Okay, you go from being a, a few, I don't know, what is it? A few kilograms maybe, yeah, I think a few kilograms, three 3.2, 3.0, I don't know, something like that. And then eventually you grow up to become like, you know, mm. 70 kilograms or something. Where did all these kilograms come from? It's from all your eating, okay? It's from all the nutrients that you took into you. Mm. You could get a lot of teachings, okay? <laughs> it didn't add one kilogram to your being, okay? But the word wants to supply our inner being. Now that we have received this life, the triune God has saved us. Mm. Brothers and sisters, what a wonderful view. The triune God working, operating in our environment, choosing us even before the foundation of the world. Wow. Then sweeping in time, coming to sweep, set us apart that we would be obedient to the blood of Christ. Mm. Then we get regenerated. Maybe that new believer who got baptized you know, and gets encouraged to attend some Bible training or something. What if they could be told that through believing in the Lord, they received another life? Mm -hmm. In addition to your human life, mm -hmm. you have now received the divine life. Mm -hmm. You have received God's life into you. Mm -hmm. You're not just a child of God as a metaphor. Oh, you're a child of God. Just like that person is a part of some, uh, you know, are they like soccer? So they get a their 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 team's jersey, and are they part of that club or something? Mm -hmm. We're not part of a club, okay? Mm -hmm. This is like a family. Mm -hmm. My children, they didn't they don't have like we're not we're not a club. Mm -hmm. They don't sign a membership form. They are born of me, okay? Mm -hmm. We are born of God. So we've received the divine life. Now we need to get the guileless milk of the word, this word mm. that has the pure intention. Like Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians 11, you are distracted from the simplicity and 
purity toward Christ. Mm -hmm. So now this word in its purity, what does it do? It causes the growth. Mm -hmm. It causes us to grow. And eventually, this is how the Lord is going to get the building in verse 5. Mm -hmm. Eventually, this is how the Lord is going to get his expression. It's not by us getting a lot of knowledge. Brothers and sisters, we should not equate growth with knowledge. Of course, the truth that is unveiled to us when we have the proper revelation of it mm -hmm. through the ministering of the Spirit, then this is wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. This opens up just like these words. I hope tonight some of these words are just opening up to us a little bit. Mm -hmm. This malice and the, and the guile and the hypocrisy and the envyings, the evil speakings, mm -hmm. and eventually the milk the guileless milk of the word. Oh, may we have such a longing within us in order that by it we may grow. God is after supplying us with the nutrients, with the supply in the word that we, brothers and sisters, could eventually arrive like Ephesians 4. Paul talks of the stature of Christ. In, in verse 12, he says that the gifts in verse 11 are given for the perfecting of the saints. This is Ephesians 4.12. Unto the work of the ministry, unto the building up of the body of Christ. Wow. Until we all arrive at the oneness of the faith and of the full knowledge of the Son of God. At a full grown man. At a full grown man. Brothers and sisters, let's eat the word that we can become a full grown man. At the measure of the stature. So eventually there's a stature. There's no longer just little children. He talks about it in the next verse. That you may no longer, may be no longer little children. Tossed by waves and carried about by every wind of teaching. All those, all those words with the guile, right? All those winds of teaching. The angels or the, the what is it? Satan transfiguring himself into an angel of light. We begin to discern. We grow. We eat the guileless word. We eat the word that's, with, that's, that's without any guile. And this causes us to become this stature, to have a stature of the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen, Amen brothers and sisters. Thank you for such a word, Lord. Okay, brother Hector will, will go on. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> It's uh, it's very encouraging that we're we're getting into this um, this book and we're touching something seemingly so basic, um, but I was really touched when when Brother Adrian was sharing that um, based on what the Lord has done in chapter one, Peter begins to open up chapter two with that basis. Um, it's quite amazing that this is what Peter touches. And I don't know if you paid attention when uh, I was just also uh, helped when Brother Adrian mentioned these things we need to put away. Mm. You know, it's quite interesting. Peter was a fisherman. He did not go to seminary school. So you have to pay attention to when he select things. He's not, he's not saying malice, guile, hypocrisy, randomly. 
but Peter is speaking from experience. Mm. He did not have some knowledge that, mm. okay, well, what do Christians struggle with? Malice, uh, hypocrisy. No, Peter himself actually had this kind of an experience. Mm. So when he writes here, yeah, it means a lot. I like the word that he uses in verse one. He says, putting away. Peter doesn't say, uh, do not have malice. The truth is, because of Adam, we all have malice. So Peter says, put it away. We all have it. Um, uh, Brother Adrian was helping us. You know, we we don't have, we don't set out to, to harm. Actually, Peter says, all malice. Some malice is not so negative. Some is not so... Uh, bad, but mm. Peter says all of it, mm. put it away. Mm. Actually, this is the life we have from Adam. This is the life we've inherited from our forefathers. Oh, Lord. This life has this root, and this root develops. It begins as malice, oh. and then this guile. It's not just malice that's stagnant within us like a, 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 a harmful intent that's just within us, mm. eventually it begins to make its way and find an opening. And oh. uh, it's it becomes, a, it shows up as guile. Mm. Oh, Lord. And then because there's guile, it's going to have to put up a front. It's, you know, guile is never transparent. Mm. Um there's always some kind of a facade, yes. but behind there's an ulterior motive. Mm. This is how this life within us develops. Mm. This is how it happens. And then as a result, there's envyings. And eventually mm. it's going to come out. Mm. Eventually it's going to come out. Um, you know, sometimes I, I always wonder... Um, you know, when we're driving on a road, how some other motorists use the road. Um, inwardly, I may be driving. It seems I have no harmful intentions. But as other road users are using the road, eventually something comes up within me. And wh- where was that? Actually, it was that life all the time within us. It's just there. But Peter, shows us we have a remedy brothers and sisters there is an antibiotic i like that word brother adrian used antibiotic there's germs in us but we have a way and the ways in verse two it's the guileless milk of the word the guileless milk has one intention and one intention only it is to nourish Thank you, Lord. I the word nourish. I didn't pay attention um, to it much, but the more I considered it, I had to look it up. Also, actually, it means to supply with the necessary nutrients for growth, health. Sorry, life, health, and growth. So that's what Peter's uh, uh, Peter's uh, mm-hmm. exhortation to us is as those who have been born again, we are newborn babes. Mm. Um, 
I hope none of us, brothers and sisters, we would consider ourselves as professors, um, as uh, knowledgeable. Peter tells us we are newborn babes. Yes. Well, professors are very complicated. Yes. They're very complicated. That, that's what knowledge does. Knowledge is complicated and is complicating. But Peter says we need to, just like newborn babes, we need to long. You know, babes are very simple. Mm. When they're hungry, they cry. And when they're full, they sleep. <laughs> babes are very simple. Peter charges us. Dear brothers and sisters, you have been regenerated by the living and abiding word of God. You are, you are, you, you have the divine life in you. You are born again. Yes. As this newborn babe, what should you be taken care of? Increase in knowledge? Peter says, no. Rather, you should be longing. Yes. Longing. The word for longing here means to desire um, intensely. <laughs> it's, um, you, you know, um, even, even in the same way that babies do, like they cry and kick and scream yeah. when they, they are hungry, that's what Peter is. Dear brothers, you need to be longing for the guileless milk in the, of the word. That is, you are, you are kicking and screaming <laughs> to get the milk. Yeah. In other words, this is our attitude when we come to the Bible. Lord, I am not a professor. I'm a babe. Yes. I'm hungry. Yes. Lord, I'm not happy to walk away from the Bible with knowledge. Yes. Yes, I have the word, but I want the milk of the word. Hmm. Oh, Peter, uh, I don't know. I, without this kind of a help from Peter, Many, many, many believers, we are satisfied with just having knowledge. Mm. And we would think the knowledge is growth. But Peter says we need to long, long. This word long is also used in Philippians when Paul says, um, God is my witness how I long after you in the inward parts of Christ. Mm. You know, to long means we have a desire for, but also we are pursuing. Yes. So it doesn't just mean we have just a, a passive desire. Mm. We may have a longing, but we may not do much to cooperate with that longing. Mm. So longing here means we're, on the one hand, we are hungry for the word, but also we are coming to the word. Yes. We, we do come to the word. Um, you know, uh, some 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 believers have been on the extreme. Said because I shouldn't know the no shouldn't have the knowledge, so I won't come to the Bible. Hmm. You know, I'll read it when I'm inspired. That no 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 no. Um, you know, we 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 always are on these extremes. Um, but Peter is helping us that we need to come to the Word and even come regularly, regularly. But when we come to the word, what is it that we're looking for? Yes. We need to recognize who we are. We are babes. What are we looking for? We're looking for milk. 
Amen. You know, um, you might say, well, um, I've been a Christian for an X amount of years. I've graduated from milk. You know, I'm, I'm more advanced. Um, but actually, one of the healthiest ways, brothers and sisters, humanly speaking, of, of having your breakfast is to have a glass of milk. Of course, babies primarily drink milk, but even adults, to maintain proper health, especially when it comes to our bones, our stature, to have a full-grown stature, we need milk. Mm. You know, I used to despise milk. It's like, Lord, I want to get to the, you know, in, in, in Hebrews 6, it says we need to um, pass, go beyond milk, be experienced uh, in the word of righteousness. And also in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul told the Corinthians that he couldn't give them a solid food. Yes. On the one hand, that is true. Um, that we need to go from milk to the solid food. Yes. But just because we have solid food, it doesn't mean we cannot drink milk. That's right. You know, uh, babies drink milk because that's all they can drink. But as we grow in the Lord, not only do we eat solid food, but we also need milk. Mm. The point about milk here is nourishment. Mm. That is the point. It's not about whether it's basic or advanced. The point is, when we come to the word, we don't just want to touch yes. the letters, nor just the doctrine, but we want to touch the milk. Oh, brothers oh, and sisters, I'm, I'm encouraged by Peter's fellowship with us. You know, um, Peter here is basically bringing us back to the tree of life. You know, the word can easily, when we touch the word in letter, that kills. Yes. That doesn't cause growth. Peter is steering us clear away from the tree of knowledge. Mm. Because the outcome of that is death. But Peter is, he is helping us to, yes. to turn to the tree of life. Amen. When we touch the word, we want to touch the milk. Amen. I don't know if you've ever prayed this way. Have you ever prayed, Lord, give me the milk of the word. Amen. Give me the milk of the word. Amen. What does the milk do? In order that by it, those words, by it, mm. by the milk, hallelujah, you may grow, you may grow. The milk doesn't make us, as I mentioned, doesn't make us professors. It doesn't make us knowledgeable people. The burden here is that we would grow. Yes. And the basis of growth is nourishment. Mm. I don't know if you remember Brother Adrian mentioned the babies, when they grow, it's not teaching that causes them to grow. It's not the knowledge, but it is a supply, the nourishment in the word. Mm. So we too, when we come to the word, we need to have this view. Lord, on the one hand, yes, your word regenerated me. Your word was the seed by which I was regenerated. Mm. That's what uh, chapter one ends with. Mm. 
Yes, your word brought life into me. But this word is now milk to me. Amen. And this milk is for growth. Amen. I have never met anyone who studies milk. <laughs> Everyone knows when you have a glass of milk, you drink. You know, this is, this is the basis of the church life, brothers and sisters. You know, um, the church life has many practical aspects, mm. but this is the essence. When we don't take yes. care of the nourishment, practically we may be in the day-to-day -day things, the activities of the church life, but Peter is bringing us to touch the core the core, the essence of the church life. Um, you know, the church life is the, is the life of eating, drinking, and breathing Jesus. Hey. That's what the church life is. And what does this growth cause? What is the outcome of this growth? Peter says, the last part of verse 2, you may grow unto salvation. Salvation. Um, the outcome of this growth is salvation. Hmm. And what kind of salvation is this? Clearly, it's not the initial salvation because we have already, we're, we're already born, we're born again. Hmm. Uh, we are newborn babes. So yes. our drinking of milk is not to bring the divine life into us. Oh. But now it is so that the divine life can grow hmm. You know what it saves us from? Salvation from malice. Mm. This is the antibiotic. Uh, the more we drink the milk and grow, the more we are saved from malice, right. from the expression of the old man. You know, uh, when we are sick, we have a certain expression because of some life in us, you know, uh, I don't know if you, you uh, uh, I know some people, they have some skin condition because of some kind of a bacteria. You know, you may wash that person with the best soap, the best soap on the planet. Mm. You know, that would be an outward kind of a washing, but it will not take care of this person. Mm. Peter is pointing to the inward matter. Malice is inward. So it needs an inward antibiotic. Yes. We need something to get into our being yes. and deal and save us. Mm. Oh, this is, this is what growth unto salvation means. It means uh, an increase in the measure of life, in the measure of the life of Christ yes. unto his expression. We're going to get to it later, but this life, eventually, it tells out the virtues of this one. Hmm. We're no longer expressing our malice, our envyings, hmm. our hypocrisies. But on the, on the other hand, we have been tasting the guileless milk. We become transparent. We become genuine. And as a result, we express this life within us. I, I appreciate Peter's fellowship because he writes from the perspective of experience. He too had guile, but by enjoying the nourishment in the word, Peter was changed. Mm. 
Uh, I'm going to use an interesting word. Peter was transformed. He was one way, but by enjoying the nourishment in the word, um, this word brought in elements, divine elements. Mm. All that God is was constituted into Peter. Mm. And all that Peter was, was uh, transferred out. Um, um, I'm looking for the word, but this is what transformation means. Mm. It means a new element is worked in and the old element is worked out. Discharge. Discharge, that's the word. Uh, our our all the malice, the guile, it gets discharged. Have you ever thought, how do you deal with your temper? Like maybe more teaching. Peter says, more milk. <laughs> <laughs> the solution, the way we can deal with all these um, improper expressions, the expressions of the old man, mm. is by taking in the guileless milk of the word. And this will save us. This will save us. Mm -hmm. And Brother Adrian mentioned that, you know, the more we are saved in this way, the more we have an appetite for the word. The more we have an appetite. You just consider your experience. The more we have guile, um, envy of the brothers and sisters, you just consider your, when you come to the word of God, is there any appetite? Mm -hmm. Many a time, not really. Not really. There's no milk. Uh, sometimes there might be, we might get into a, the word to arm ourselves against the brothers and sisters <laughs> as to why they are wrong. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm getting it. I see, yes, I have a verse to, 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 to defend mm. my view. Mm. But on the other, however, when the more we enjoy the word, the milk in the word, all those things get discharged. Yes. All those things get discharged. And Peter says, the more we enjoy the word this way, we, we end up with a taste. We end up with a taste. That's what Peter says in verse 3. Yes. If you have tasted that the word is good. I, I, I misread that purposefully. Because Peter is connecting what I would not have connected. Peter first shows us that in the word, there's milk. The more you drink the milk, you get saved. And you touch something in the word. You know, who do you, what do you touch? Hmm. You touch the Lord. <laughs> Outwardly, you're reading the word and you're getting the milk in the word. Mm -hmm. But your testimony is not that the word is good, but you say the Lord. How does God transmit all his riches to us? It is through the word. Outwardly, we're touching the physical word. We're exercising our spirit to convert to this word, to touch the milk in it. But when you get to the milk, your testimony is the Lord is good. <laughs> this, this, this is Peter. Peter showing us how to grow in life. The way to grow in life is to has uh, has everything to do with how we handle the word of God. If we are to grow in life, 
we need to be serious about the way we handle the word of God. If we're indifferent about the word of God, we will not get the milk and we will not taste the Lord. You know, I, I was um, one of the uh, significant experiences I had in my life was when I was listening to a message and a brother said, many people believe in the Lord, but not many love him. I was really exposed because I realized mm. I did believe, but I, I didn't have a, a, a love for the Lord. Mm. You know, how many people believe in the Lord today? Many. But Peter brings us to another aspect. He says, the Lord needs to be tasted. How many believers have tasted that the Lord is good? Um, I know uh, this phrase is very common among Christians. I, I actually um, use it a lot. Um, you know, the Lord is good. But maybe our use of this or our understanding of the Lord being good might be limited. Consider who Peter is writing to. He's writing to believers who are scattered, frustrated, and persecuted. They're not only persecuted by the local government, they're persecuted by their fellow countrymen, the Jewish people, because you have become a Christian. Sure. I mean, what, what kind of a word would you write to these people? Peter doesn't address the outward situation. Do you know what he points them to? He points them to the inward nourishment. Under such a, an outward condition of being persecuted, it's very difficult for us to say the Lord is good. Hmm. Very difficult. We might say, you know, I got a job promotion. The Lord is good. You know, uh, the kids went to bed tonight without any quarrels. The Lord is good. You know. Um, the power didn't go off. The Lord is good. Well, what about when we're persecuted? Uh, we're not even at home. We're scattered. Huh. Peter says, he writes this word to such ones who are scattered. If we touch the inward nourishment in the word, mm. no matter the outward condition, our testimony would be, the Lord is good. Wonderful. I, I really appreciate Peter's fellowship with us. And this is the basis of our growth in life, the nourishment. I hope we would all, no matter where we are in our Christian life, how long we've been a Christian, you know, we would go to the Lord. Lord, I would like to be like a newborn babe. Maybe I've been saved five, 10, whatever, however many years. But Lord, when it comes to your word, I don't want to graduate from the milk. Mm. I don't want to graduate from the nourishment. Mm. Lord, feed me every time I come to your word mm. so that I would grow. Yes. grow. The more I grow, more mm. salvation. Mm. The more you increase in me, Lord. And this kind of a growth, is going to cause a transformation in our being. There will be no need for us to um, self-correct. Uh, I shouldn't have any malice. I shouldn't envy. There's no need for that. 
the milk, by it you may grow unto salvation, transformation, and eventually we will be suitable for God's building. This is, this is the proper church life. You know, uh, Peter, I, I really appreciate his fellowship. He's bringing us back to the tree of life with its simplicity. The more we enjoy the Lord, the simpler we are. Mm. And the, the simpler we are, the, you know, uh, one brother uh, shared that the more he grows in life, the simpler he is. He's so easy to touch the Lord for him. You know, anyway, this is, I appreciate Peter's fellowship bringing us back to life. Take care of the growth in life by receiving the nourishment. 